0: Uh, well, as Riley said before, my name uh, is Chris, I'm one of the leaders here at Beyond Church, and uh, it, to be honest, this is a awesome night to be joining us here. It's always a great night to join us here, but tonight is a particularly good night to be joining us because we are launching a brand new three-part series that we've entitled The Man Behind the Beard. Uh, and if you're a little confused about what a series is, or what, what, what they may look like in a church context, essentially, uh, we like to have one hour and a half or two-hour discussions Uh, but we realise that no one wants to sit down for two hours. And so what we like to do is we like to chunk these down into kind of episodes or parts, uh, if you like, and and every week for the the next couple of weeks, we'll dive deep uh, into this big topic. Because we know that uh, with Easter coming up, Easter and Christmas time are the two times of the year where people kind of come to church. Even if you wouldn't consider yourself a particularly religious person or a church person, uh, a lot of people in our culture in our, uh, it's part of our DNA as a, as a society to kind of come to church around Christmas and around Easter. And so we thought in the lead up to this, we would, we would talk about the man behind the beard. We would explore this central figure of Christianity because after all, who is he? Does he matter? Does he really matter apart from Easter and Christmas? I mean, does it really matter apart from the fact I get a good Friday public holiday and an Easter Monday long weekend? Is that all that it matters? Is all that Jesus is, does it really matter, um, except for the fact that Jesus gives me Boxing Day? Like, I don't know much about Christmas. All I know is when Christmas comes, Boxing Day comes, and I love those sales. So I'm thankful that Jesus came. And so I wanted to start on uh, where I think a place that we can all uh, begin to start on. Or really, uh, I want to... Sorry, let me back up. The agenda that I want to answer for this entire series is to help you be able to answer the question... Uh, who is the man behind the beard? Who is Jesus? And so I thought what we would do is to start on a, a level playing field, something that we can all agree on, regardless of your religious belief, uh, and, and that is this, that Jesus didn't just exist in history, Jesus changed history. Now, for Christian, uh, he may have changed history, or you may believe he changed history in a very different way. But, but to know that Jesus existed in history, he uh, didn't just exist in history, he changed history. All you have to do is take a look at your watch. All you have to do is think of every time you sign your name and then you date it afterwards. All you have to think is every time you pull out your calendar and you say, what date is that on? Have you ever wondered why we're in the year 2017? I mean, the, the world has been around for a lot more than 2,000 years. Yet for some reason, we're only in the year 2017. Well, we start our calendar and we begin to count forward from when Jesus was born. So around 2017 years ago, Jesus was born. Actually, it's probably more like three, the year three that Jesus was born. But, but we started our calendar 2017, uh, 2000 years ago when Jesus was born. And any time before Jesus was born is marked as BC or before Christ. And any time after it is marked as Anno Domini or after Christ. So whether you look at your watch or whether you celebrate Easter or you enjoy those public holidays, we can all agree that Jesus didn't just exist in history, but he actually changed history. Now, to know that someone changed history is very different to knowing that person. See, it's one thing to know that Jesus changed history. It's a very, very different thing altogether to know Jesus. There are a lot of people that I'm sure you know changed history, but maybe you don't know a lot about them. Martin Luther King changed history for African Americans. Martin Luther King brought in liberty and freedom and and basic human rights for an entire race of people in America. We know about, we know how Martin Luther King changed history, but we don't, a lot of us may not ever know Martin Luther King Jr., I realise uh, that the, the vast majority of us here would, would sit in that millennial bracket. So someone that you may, uh, has changed history for us, but you may not know personally, Mark Zuckerberg, the creator of Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg changed the way that we interact in a social world. Mark Zuckerberg uh, took the, the possibility of connections from community and made it global someone that, uh, that I think we'll, we'll, we will look back on in a number of years and we'll say that person changed the face of history is someone by the name of Elon Musk. Some of you are, some of you are probably here like, Elon who? Uh, some of you who are like the, those tech people. You may know Elon Musk. He's one of the founders, he's one of the designers of Tesla, which is a uh, company that, that looks at innovation and technology. The, he, Elon Musk is one of the brains behind the self-driving car, looking to eliminate as best we can accidents on the road. Elon Musk may be one of those people that we look back in history and say, hey, that person changed history. I know they changed history, but I don't actually know them very well at all. So as I said before, my agenda with this entire series is to help you not just know that Jesus changed history. Not to help you just know that Jesus existed, but to get you to know Jesus. Essentially, at the end of this series, I want you to be able to answer this question. Who is the man behind the beard? And if you had to answer that question now, how would you answer it? If right now, given your life experience, how would you answer that question? If someone said, hey, who is the man behind the beard? Because I'd be willing to bet that there would be about as many different answers as there are people in this room. In fact, this is such a big deal The answer to this question is such a big deal that every other major world religion in the world has an answer to this question. Islam answers this question by saying Jesus was a prophet. Buddhism answers this question by saying Jesus was an enlightened man. Hinduism answers this question by saying Jesus was just one God among a whole heap of gods. In fact, even the New Age spiritualist movement answers this question by saying, well, Jesus Jesus was just a good moral teacher. That's that's what we know about Jesus. And see, we can kind of look at this and and as many different people have many different takes on Jesus. But if we're honest, we would we would know that in our lives a lot of different people have a lot of different takes about us. In fact I'm willing to bet that the, the people in your work environment have a very different perspective and a very different take on you than maybe your family does. And maybe your mum and dad, depending on how old you are, have a very different take on you and a very different angle at looking at you to what your brothers and sisters do. And maybe those of you who are in a relationship, maybe you're married or maybe you're dating, chances are that the, the person that you're in that relationship with has a very different take on you, has a very different perspective on you than everyone else that you know. And so... What I want to do is, I want to ask you a little bit of a question. If you were to choose someone to write your history, who would it be? If you were to choose one or two or maybe three people who were to write down your history, who you are, and then generations from now, people would look back and people would open the pages of that book and they would read that story and they would read your journey, who would you pick? I'm willing to bet that most of us would, uh, would raise our hands and say, well, someone we know. I would want someone I know to write my history. I would want the people I know to write my history because here's, here's what we all know, is to know only part of us is to not really know us. If I was to get the person that you cut off in traffic the other day to write your history, that may be a very different story to the people that you hang out with and you interact with. See, we want someone we know to write our history because they know our strengths, they know our weaknesses, they know our likes, they know our dislikes, they know what our dreams are, they know why we made some of the decisions that we made because sometimes they they can almost tell what decision we would make in a given situation before we make it. We would want people who know us to write our history because to know only part of us is to not really know us. And what if, what if by chance, the way that we form people's opinions of other people based on partial knowledge, based on that Instagram photo that they're always posting, based on what they're sharing on Facebook, based on that political status they made, what if just as we form opinions of others based on partial information... What if we'd formed an opinion of Jesus based on partial information? What if we'd formed an opinion or an idea of Jesus around an internet blog? Or what's that one person told us their experience was in church one day? What if we based our opinion on his followers? And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to begin to dive deep into who Jesus is and who his closest followers said he was. Now, I totally get that at this point, there are a whole heap of you that are probably going to object in your head. You're having this running dialogue with me like, yeah, yeah, okay, Chris. I, I get how we can make partial judgments of people and then our judgments can be corrected because after all, in this day and age, we can talk to them. We can have conversations with them. We can dialogue in them. Chris, how much can we really know about a guy that lived 2,000 years ago? How can we know it's even reliable? Well, I, th- I thought just as a point of comparison before we push on, I wanted to address that because I think it's worth addressing. Uh, there was a guy called Julius Caesar who some of you may know, uh, one of the most well-known Roman emperors that ever lived, uh, actually was um, one of the catalysts in starting the Roman Empire. He was, uh, we, would, we would say Julius Caesar lived. We know all about his historical conquests. Did you know in the life of Julius Caesar we have about five sources? And this is probably being generous. I got the five thickest books I could find in my library at home and I bought them to stack them up on this stool. We have five sources on the life and times of Julius Caesar. One of those sources is Julius Caesar himself talking about how awesome he is. One of them is Cicero, an ancient historian, and another one is a guy called Livy who's a playwright. Another one is what's called the Salonian Decree, which is just an ancient decree, and it mentions Julius Caesar in it. And another one is, is this other historical figure called Appian. That's what we have about the life and times of Julius Caesar. Compared to Jesus, we actually have 42 authors, not 42 sources, 42 authors that wrote about the life and times of Jesus in the same time period... That we have of Julius Caesar. And of those 42 authors, nine of them aren't even Christians. Nine of them hate Jesus. Nine of them mention the Christians that follow Jesus in a derogatory way in their writings. But Jesus was such a major player in the historical game around that time, day and age, that even people that didn't like him could not help but mention him when they wrote histories about him. In fact, if we were to collate the works of those 42 authors together, and we were to stand the documents on top of each other from around that period, we would have a pile 1.6 kilometres tall about Jesus. Jesus is the most written about historical figure from his day and age. So the question that I want to wrestle to the ground in the last couple of minutes that we have together tonight is what did the people who wrote about Jesus have to say about Jesus? Jesus. If we're going to get to know the man behind the beard, then we surely should, under, should know who were the people that knew him best and what did they have to say about the man behind the beard. And so I want to, I want to wade into this conversation tonight by looking at, at, a, at a medical doctor who wrote a biography about Jesus. And, and here, at the very start of his biography, this medical doctor called Luke actually tells us why he's writing his biographical account of Jesus. And he says this in in Luke chapter 1, verse 3. He says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. In other words, I went around and I talked to people. I sat down with my notepad. I got my tape recorder out and I said, tell me about this Jesus guy. Tell me who he is. Tell me why he existed. Tell me what he talked about. He says, I also have decided to write. I also, in other words, there are other people who are writing about this, but I've decided as well to write a careful account for you, most honourable Theophilus. What a name. Imagine calling yourself Theophilus. So Luke is writing this account to Theophilus. And then he goes on. This is, he tells us why he's written it. He says, I'm writing this so that you may be certain of the truth of everything you've been taught. In other words, Luke acknowledges this Jesus guy said and did some pretty controversial things. And I went and I interviewed people to find out who this man behind the beard is. And now I'm presenting my research. I'm presenting my findings to you so that you can be certain of the hope. And you can be certain of who he said he was and what he did. And so now with that intro, I want to fast forward a little bit in Luke's biographical account. And where we're going to enter into tonight in, in Luke's account is Jesus has just been teaching a crowd. Everywhere Jesus went, he seemed to attract a crowd. And Jesus is kind of just pulled away from the crowd a little bit. And him and his 12 disciples have kind of gone off for the evening to, to grab a bite to eat and just debrief, hang out. And as they're kind of just walking along the road to grab something to eat, Jesus asks them this question. Just casually, he says, who do people say that I am? In other words, when you guys are, when you guys are checking your social feeds, when you guys are listening to your podcasts, When you guys turn on 9MSN and you're watching the news, what are people saying about me? What have you heard people talk about me? And and his group of 12 followers, they say, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. Still others say that you are a prophet risen from the dead. On the the next slide. And then uh, risen from the dead. And then Jesus kind of makes it really, really personal. You can imagine them kind of walking along, lazing about, and then everyone kind of almost stops when Jesus asks this question. He says, well, who do you say that I am? I mean, it's great that you've listened, checked your Facebook feed. It's great that you listen to those podcasts. It's awesome that your best friend's sister's cousin's uncle knows me super well and told you about me. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to answer the question. So who do you Say that I am. And then Peter. Peter, just like, if you, if you know much about Peter, Peter's like the goody two-shoes of the 12 followers of Jesus. Peter's like that kid in class who, even when there wasn't an exam on, he would remind the teacher that there's an exam. If the teacher had forgot, everyone's like, shh, don't say anything. Peter would be like, miss, we forgot the exam. Everyone's like, Peter, would you just be quiet for five minutes? And so Peter, as he always does, sticks his hand up. He goes, Jesus, I got the answer. And he replied, he said, you are the Messiah sent from God. And that word Messiah was such a loaded word in that culture, was such a loaded term in that day and age. It essentially meant saviour, and we're going to unpack that word next week. We're going to look at, like, if Jesus came to be our saviour, what does that actually mean? Come back next week, because we're going to talk about it. But essentially, to kind of cut through all all the historical context, what Peter did... With the eyeballed Jesus and he said, I believe that you're God. I don't believe that you claim to be God. I believe that you actually are God. I believe that you're fully God and you're fully man, and I've seen some things that I just cannot explain any other way, and the way you talk and the things you talk about, I believe that you are God. But where does that leave us tonight? As we kind of wrap up this kind of opener for our series. Where, where does that leave us? And I think the bottom line, if you take nothing else away from tonight, if you take nothing else away, if you've been uh, on your phone, if you've been thinking about what you're going to do, what you're going to eat afterwards, this is the time to zone back in. Because if you take nothing else away, this is the thing to take away. That you can pick and choose what you believe about Jesus but you cannot pick and choose how he intended you to think of him. In other words, you can put Jesus into whatever category you want to. You can put him into the category of a prophet. You can put him into the category of a good moral teacher. You can put him in the category of your BFF forever. But you cannot pick and choose the way that Jesus talked about himself, the way that Jesus spoke about himself, the way that the very closest followers of Jesus... Spoke about him. And so, what I want to do is leave you with a little bit of a challenge tonight. Because what if, what if on the off chance that the category you placed Jesus in, you missed knowing the best part of Jesus? What if because you, you were like, I just want Jesus in this box and I just want him to be safe because if I don't ask too many questions that I won't get an answer that I don't like. What if, by boxing him in the box you wanted him to fit into, you missed the best part of the man behind the beard. And so we have this thing here at Beyond it's called Four Monday because uh, we believe, regardless of where you are on the, the faith spectrum, um, that we believe that if you come to Beyond, that uh, you should get something helpful out of it, that church should be helpful for you for the rest of the week. And so this week, I kind of put two four Mondays up and so the first one I want you to do, I really want to challenge you, is to actually read Luke's biography of Jesus. Read who someone who was close uh, around the followers of Jesus, read what someone who carefully researched had to say about Jesus. Take some time and read this account. The other one, uh, the other challenge this week, uh, that I'm, it's not going to come up on the screen, but uh, this is a challenge, is to come back next week. If this question is so important, if you could be missing out on the best part of this guy that has changed history, we base our time around him, we have holidays about him, don't you deserve to know what that part is? And, and I totally understand that there may be some of you, or there will be some of you there, who are sitting back and you're like, you nearly had me. You nearly had me, Chris. Way to try and trick me into reading the Bible. Way to try and trick me into getting out that book that all you Christians go to all the time. And, and I just want to be really, really transparent. I don't want you to read the Bible. I don't want you to open the Bible and read it. I want you to open Luke's historical account of the life of Jesus and read what Luke had to say. I don't care what you read about or believe about the rest of the Bible. All I want you to do is just pick up Luke's account. And if you don't know how to do that, then just pull out your phone and um, go to the app store and type in "U Version." There's a Bible app on there, and you can you can select Luke's writing within that. Uh, or else you can go on our Facebook page, and there'll be a link to, to the uh, to the app on there that you can grab later in the week. But what if what if Jesus' claim to be God changes everything? Because, just think about it as we close, if Jesus claimed to be God, it changes the entire makeup of the way we think about him. Because if Jesus claimed to be God, think about this, if Jesus claimed to be God and he said, guys, I want you to pray to me, I want you to turn to me to forgiveness, I want you to give up your life to follow me, I want you to to tie the portion of your money to me. If Jesus claimed to be God, but he's not God, he's not a good moral teacher. In fact, Jesus, if he claimed to be God, but he's not God, is not a good moral teacher, I would go as far to say he's probably one of the most, if not the most despicable liars in the face of human history. See, when we try to put Jesus into this category as good moral teacher, we, we miss part of the claims of Jesus. Because if he claimed to be God, but he's not why should we follow anything he has to say? Because he's either a liar or, or at best he's a lunatic. Like he belongs in a straitjacket. Honestly, could you imagine if one of your friends came up to you and said, hey, guess what, I'm God. You'd be like, oh, I think there's something else going on. That we might need to check you into somewhere. But if we, if, if we say, if, if Jesus can predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, maybe that would be grounds to believe that he is more than just a moral teacher, that he's more than just a prophet. He's more than just some guru that we go to to get advice. Maybe he is God, and maybe the man behind the beard changes everything. So I want to challenge you, come back next week as we dive deeper into this. I know, I know it's going to be a challenge. I know it might seem, oh, three weeks, you put more time in the Netflix shows, checking them out if they're good, than you do into this question. And if this question has the potential to affect the rest of your life, why would you not just give up three weeks? You don't have to come after that, just three weeks to answer this question for yourself. Let me pray for you. And I invite the band back up while we're doing this. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that um, there is so much written about Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have preserved Luke's account We thank you that there was someone wired in the way a lot of us are wired, that they uh, wanted to ask questions. They wanted to go around, they wanted to interview all these other people and they wanted to find out what other people said about Jesus. And Lord, some of the things Luke says, some of the things Luke talks about are really challenging because it means that we can't box you into the way we want to think about you. But we have to take you on the way that Jesus intended to be taken. So Lord, I pray for people tonight who are wrestling with this question. Who is the man behind the beard? I pray that they would read Luke's account and that they would come back next week that if this question has the potential to impact every area of their life, if Jesus really was God and he changed everything, that's a question worth answering. And so Lord, I pray that people would take that next step they would have a look at what Luke has to say and they would join us next week as we push deeper into finding out who the man behind the beard really is. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.